makes really big waveforms. I know how how much you enjoy your your. I love waveforms. my big. I like my waveforms big and dummy thick, so as I can get my ears all around them, and I feel them when they go in and out. Okay. What the f- is going on down there? Hey Aaron, what's up? Ah, not much. That one was Car real. fun on the way back from Origins. Yeah, well, you know what? You're back from Origins, so welcome to WTF yeah. and TCG. We're doing an episode by ourselves. Ah. No spoilers to reveal. No, I, I, I think people. John's in the air right now, so he can't butt in on this one. That's right. There's, there's, Unless he paid for the in-air Wi-Fi. John, are you there? You have to say something. We are answering the call of I'm of some hypothetical listener I made up, which is, hey, you should do more TCG podcasts. So I actually uh, heard that from a few people. Well, guess weekend, what, everyone? So. You're getting what you wanted. We're uh, doing some more TCG podcasts. This is actually because Aaron was just at uh, Origins. Uh, I think I probably said you were at Gen Con some, at some point during that, but ignore that. Yeah. Uh, you were at Whatever. Origins, uh, where yes. you uh, went to play some Transformers TCG, get your hands on at least one pack of Siege, you saw Ken Nagel and John Shork, and mm-hmm. uh, you failed to win. Yeah, <laughs> I... Uh... I ended up going three and three. That's actually, and I think, pretty darn I good given what I was. I felt pretty good about it, especially since like this is my first time going to any sort of organized play yeah. thing, and I wasn't really playing a like. There were a lot of a lot of talk around other competitors Saturday morning and even Saturday uh, afternoon, which I didn't play in that one just due to timing and brain leaking out my ears. But uh, there was a lot of talk of like, you know, everybody knows the, oh, he's playing, you know, there were, what was it for the final 16? There were like nine people playing this, basically the same deck. Yeah. The the big deck that won, the, we should say, was the, th- yeah. it's the three wide that I've seen bandied around uh, for the last, I think, about three months. Uh, mm-hmm. Optimus Prime Battlefield Legend uh, teamed up with Flame War and Sentinels Hot Rod uh, mm-hmm. so that you basically are, you have a tough blocker in Hot Rod. You've got tough boosting in flame war uh, who's also just the most efficient five star when you don't have anything else to do it's more specifically with a five star and you have optimus mm-hmm. prime battlefield legend who is ridiculously powerful and that's a three wide team of 23 stars leaving you with two star cards uh yep. it's it's a known powerful deck it is uh i would say it's still not the strongest deck in the game uh yeah because people so, can counter and it then, but that was even the interesting thing is they're like yeah a bugs deck still beats this up and but then, aerial, aerial bots can grind it down. Let me let me give this one to everyone out there who's tired of the bugs, depending on their area. Um, actually, Toronto, I should give us all a pat in the back. Uh, not a whole lot of bugs action in Toronto when we're doing casuals. So, well, it's up in Canada, and it's harder for insects to survive exactly. up there. Exactly. So. Uh, but um, bugs did get beaten out by this three wide in the top four. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think this three wide. I think this three wide has a lot of power. Aerial bots, yes, I think are an answer to it. I believe also if you just built something, just where it's like I'm going to kill Optimus Prime. Uh, I mm-hmm. think that's another um, developable hard counter. I'm, I'm saying this ha- waving my hands around because in my limited casual experience, Optimus Prime. If you really just 
concentrate on the idea you have to deal with him. You can put together stuff that'll do it. Something about this tournament is that a bunch of people, the same, like a whole bunch of people hedge their bet on if I run this deck or bugs or sentinels, then I have a better chance to win, which and as far as I understand, it, those decks are not necessarily hard counters. Uh, right. They're all, cause they're sentinels and the bugs are hitting really hard. Usually I don't, I haven't seen, we haven't seen the deck list yet, obviously. Uh, I think one could easily assume the top Insecticon decks were probably orange, and I myself would assume the top Sentinels decks were running orange with the bold the, characters. Actually, the one that was in the final, I think, was a Blue Bugs. Really? Yeah. Okay. That's already more interesting than I thought it was yeah, going to be. I, or, or at least that player was playing Blue Bugs on Saturday. And it's worth noting, we also don't know the sideboards for most of those decks, which which right. make this conversation a lot different. Yeah. Uh, a lot because different. that was that was again what they were talking about where with that that they had nemesis on the sideboard for if they were going up against aerial bots that you swap in nemesis and a few other things to be able to direct out stuff or so they they were getting like i enjoy playing this game mm-hmm. i love the the kitchen table probably flgs if i can get them convinced to get past the chicken and egg argument if we don't have enough people to do an organized night so we're not going to do an organized night so we can get enough people um <laughs> but uh you know i enjoy that level and i very much enjoyed do being at like a real tournament thing it's just an entirely different mindset it's the the guys that were at that last table um put in the the mental acuity and and the the digging at it to to do good so yeah despite them keeping me out of the money um it's real real kudos to to all of them well and it's it bears repeating i think that optimus prime battlefield legend is a very powerful card who requires a lot of very good decision making Mm -hmm. uh you can't run him on autopilot in my experience that that, in fact a lot of the stories you hear of uh well you know my you know example my bugs deck beat him last week at my local store it's like all right but who was running him uh because mm-hmm. you can run that deck real badly you know like just pick right. pick really dumb actions to play off of your flips uh with optimus and you're erasing a lot of the power of of that deck uh but i, I wanted to give a real specific shout out this is this was my little you know shouting at the esports kind of moment because i was looking at it on my computer uh brian from wreck and rule uh, made mm-hmm. the top four with a deck that was unlike all of the other decks at the table, very specifically so. And I was really excited to see that. I was hoping he'd make it to top two. Uh, I admit I kind of stopped doing uh, immediate retweets when I saw he was out uh, after the top four. But he was running uh, RC, Fireflight, Prowl from Wave 1, and Wheeljack uh, with mm-hmm. uh, Bumblebee from Wave 2 in the sideboard. I think he was calling it Fire Wheels. Yeah, that was really cool that that deck made it to the top four. I think that speaks highly for the hypothetical strength we always talk about with this game, which is that you don't need stacks of expensive characters to pull things mm-hmm. off. Um, RC, admittedly, is still like around 20, 25 bucks over here in Canada, depending where you go. Uh, that's about it, though. Um, so I, I was... I, I was really excited that he made it that far. Uh, he posted his deck list uh, on the Wreck and Roll Facebook page. Uh, it, it looks like it was a very, um, you know, Carsy kind of thing with uh, some confidence. He had a cornered in there in the sideboard. 
Um, had an ISTL function in the main board with two in the sideboard. I really want to know what the like the tech on that that deck was. I'm, I'm sure that you know with them having a YouTube channel, they'll explain it. But uh, mm-hmm. shouts out to Brian from Wreck and Roll for I think really representing the dream that you don't have to run the bugs or the big Optimus, the Sentinels, uh, or the Dinobots to to place. Um, in fact, I was enjoying how many people commenting were going like, seems to be an absence of Dinobots in the in the top eight. Um, it's just, you know, anything that resists what we, the community, try to paint as the meta makes me happy. Um, mm-hmm. In your deck as well. Uh, I was really pleased that your deck ran, you know, 3-3 with, you know, it sounds like you had enough close games that it's it's a viable 4-2 even. Uh, yeah, so a so um, the quick rundown of, of my games, um, if you don't quite follow from Twitter, was my first game was a matchup against Dunicons. And that one went to length. Um, and I think we actually wrote it down as one and a draw because neither of the judges that were there could tell us what the draw rules were. And we just timed out at the end. New game, new OP, new game. Um, uh, oh, yeah. before you continue, because people might not know this, what was your deck? Okay, yes, that's probably very important. Yeah. Um, my deck was the was a similar deck as to the one that I played in uh, L.A., which was Blitzwing with Thrust and RC with Grimlock on the sideboard. Um, I only sighted in Grimlock actually a couple times because there was never really a, a place where I think that the overflow damage was going to do me a lot of good because I never got up against a wide deck that was doing a lot. And who? Um, and that would be sighting him in place of Blitzwing, I'm guessing. Sighting him in, in place of Blitzwing, yeah. yeah. It's the only place you could go. And and just for, for how the deck works, obviously you're you're pumping RC with thrust, you're defending with Blitzwing, yeah. and you've got inverted. So the, the idea is to get uh it's all orange and white cards uh for pips, which I wish that there were some other cards that were in better colors for me, but um but yeah, ideally it's that Blitzwing holds off for a round or two. Um ideally I can get inverted to stick on him. Um, and uh, have him tank out while doing picking. If I've got a light target, maybe Blitzwing will get one in on him, but then let uh, Thrust and RC do the hitting. And if it's somebody that's very defensive, use Thrust behind RC to spike a bunch of damage in. Yeah. Um. So that was well. That was the first game with the Stunicons. Is I never did. I don't think in until. The game where he got it combined against the five wide, I just let Thrust and RC attack separately. Yeah, because th- with, as long as Dreadwings or as long as Blitzwing's still out there, he's taking the hit, so I can flip Thrust to his other side to be five attack, one defense, and hit someone and get a couple points off, and then use RC to like merc the guy that's got two left and just kind of softened it up across and were his were the were the menacer uh guys like or the player was he running it uh primarily blue as people he, tend he was to? running it blue blue heavy yeah okay and uh this is a weird question but imagining that there was no time cut off do you feel like there was a clear i would, I would have had the second one okay. as well i think i i had three of his five out already and and i'd managed to keep 
inverted on Blitzwing, so he'd swing hard and Blitzwing would take one or two. Mm-hmm. And since I was also going wide like that, I had plenty of time to sit there and flip our flip RC back and forth. Yeah. So I was able to take a point of damage to off of him as well. All right, cool. Uh, it, it's just, it's a nice thing to know, like, even if, if you run into a draw in the back of your head, you know, was that a deck that could counter yours hard or not? And it sounds yeah. like it was more just you were kind of grinding against blue and, uh, you know, first game of this of this first major OP tournament. I'm sure there was a lot of, like, you know, lengthier play happening just mm-hmm. naturally. Um, so what was going on from there, what was your game two? Game two was against Bugs. All right. Uh, an orange bugs, and I kept having my uh, heart monitor on the watch tell me, "Hey, are you okay? Are you dying? Oh, really? You're dying, aren't you? Yeah. It. So my we're... heart rate, my heart rate peaked at like 135 while it wasn't noticing me do anything. Hey, are you cool? So what was okay? Thinking back so, to that, what was a moment that spiked you? Do you think? So I think what that was was the first game went pretty easy for me. Yeah. And so it was just like playing with you at a convention or playing with anybody, doing a learn to play, whatever. There's no, there's nothing going on here. I'm doing okay. I'm doing all right. And then it was Bugs is just gross. Both games, both times he let off with, is it kickback? That's the number of insecticons you have. Yeah. Let off with kickback was like, Orange, white, orange, 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 double orange, double orange, double orange, double orange, double orange. Hmm. On the first attack. I know this feeling. Uh... And it's just like, <laughs> oh, well, Blitzwing's basically dead now. We had some uh, some bug players at our, at our um, when we were doing a couple uh, like $5 tournaments during wave one. Uh, yeah. During which, that's when I developed Nemesis uh, War Bomb uh, specifically because uh, of the really bad feeling when a kickback would drop kick you in the neck. So yeah. having a blue heavy bombshell with tough one off flame war was it was it, it didn't mean I countered them hard, but it meant that I had I had like in my pocket this way of buffering against those moments, mm-hmm. which helped a lot because it's a it's a three defense four defense type guy with tough up and 10 health, which is higher than a lot of the tank characters. Um, mm. But that's but rough. It was, de- <laughs> it, it was definitely one of those cases where I was just sitting there, just just kept watching him go. And so then, like, both of those games, Blitzwing was cracked very early, and then it was just down to, like, I've got Thrust in RC, and he's got four characters, one of which says, can't take more than three damage at a time. And so when I sideboarded on that one... I did that is one that I did sideboard in Grimlock, hoping that Grimlock had la- that the opponent would go for maybe thrust or RC, and then maybe I'd get a little bit of a chance to do something else with it. But then, like I said, he did that again with kickback and just devoured Grimlock. Yeah, Grimlock before, is uh... like Grimlock was down to one or two health, and he's always a prime target. I know this, and, and he's not a he's not a very durable target either. Like he's he's a yeah. he's a little glass cannony in my experience. And then um, it was just a matter of like, so I attacked with him into kickback and pushed thrust behind him to try and peek him over. And then it was just like orange, white, white, white. I'm like, of all the times that oh, white shows no. up and <laughs> didn't do much. That's happened and... to me on a on a slug with wave two slug is a really good 
defenders well, provided you flip all right. right. I had a very blue-heavy deck, and I had a game. I was like, I'm going to lead with Slug. <laughs> First flip, four white cards in a row. No, it was, it was five white cards in a row, basically, with like or maybe one blue, because he flips three on a white. Yeah. And I just flipped more white, and I was like, uh-oh, this ain't good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that one, like at that point when he like murked out Grimlock and then like hit thrust pretty hard too, I just like scooped and shook his hand. He's like, oh, you don't want to play it out? I'm like, do you need to play with your food? Because <laughs> he's like, no, okay. I think um, in hindsight, uh, if I were like hard thinking on this tournament, with the high percentage chance that there were probably going to be a bunch of bugs players, because that's kind of like it's a known go to. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a sideboard option. I would think about would be one shall stand, one shall fall. Uh, yeah, especially because when I think about it, with with the power of the RC thrust punch, that means like if you're facing something where it's like I need to just erase one of these right now, it's like all right, decent chance I can like you know do massive uh, out of combat damage and then also do the RC punch. Uh, it's mm-hmm. not, it's not, it's not guaranteed, but like in the back of my head, I'm like, yeah, that would be a way to deal with, you know, the scrap no wall, for instance. Yeah. Uh, that, that would also be a thing you don't want in your main deck, but that would fill in a weakness of the main deck. I've been trying to think about right. sideboarding for this game. Right. And well, it's, it, and it's a thing that actually had this discussion with, uh, Ken Nagel, their, uh, main rules guy. Hey, I know that guy. Um, was, was he's like the first... How did he explain it? The first couple of waves was like building the basis of everything and then not trying to go too specific and in trying to build counters because there is no thing such as organized play at this point. And so if you build a card that specifically like Optimus Prime only flips one card in this battle, like who's going to play that unless Optimus Primes become gross then the meta plays that card for a little bit, so then nobody plays Optimus Primes, and then it's out. So it, it'd be a short-term fix, and it'd maybe be good for local metas and reaction to that one guy that always plays that one card, but it's not something that'd be good. But that might be a really good sideboard card for if you go to a tournament and every and nine out of the 16 top players are all having Optimus Prime in the deck. Mm-hmm. And you slip this one in, like so. My pred- so I th- I think it's a thing that future waves may be able to adapt a little bit more to to organize play to have maybe secret actions or something of that nature. That's like up. Oh! And I, I very much predict at Gen Con, it's going to be uh, the question of how prepared are you for bugs, sentinels, and rare optimists? Because especially on the back of these results, I think a lot of the folks who enter and don't quite know what they're going to want to play are going to defer to one of those three. Yeah, um, and that'd be the thing, I think, also with Gen Con, because by then Wave 3 is going to be out, mm-hmm. and I think that there is going to be a lot of strength in wide, like, four or five, like, wide decks that are a bunch of Battlemasters and the like. Yeah. Because there are cards that, like, get a bit... I keep saying like, I'm not thinking about it way too much. Like, <laughs> you know, like... But there are cards, characters that get a benefit on when one of your guys are KO'd mm-hmm. that maybe are higher valued. And so it's really hard to play a deck where you're like, I kind of want him to die yeah, so that I can trigger this thing. And But if you've got four, four star or five star, or maybe like a six star 
battlemaster type guy that you know you want him to die because then he becomes a thing that you get to use and it's going to trigger these death effects i think that that could have some hard swings on stuff to 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 punch well, and I'm just realizing make a, make a card really punch above its weight. Like like Gen Con's in early August. That means there will have been about a month with Siege, mm-hmm. uh, and that that's gonna like I, when I say those are gonna be the default decks people go to. I think that's also gonna be the case where you might, if you can really, in the span of basically July, get your teeth into Siege and sort out how that all works, how the secret actions mm-hmm. work, uh, and how to uh, you know have a sideboard that, that lets you use them to the best of their ability. Those are going to be the folks, I think, who take it uh, at Gen Con because yeah. there are going to be people who enter who are going to – I think they are going to be people who enter who are just like, I guess I'll just run Bugs. I guess I'll just run three-wide Optimus Battlefield Legend and it's going to be like, right. all right, well, those were things those that Those are going to be the rubes. Well, either that or it's going to be like, those are actually still horrifically powerful and, <laughs> and then like Bugs <laughs> just wins. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually curious if, if the Bugs – like if people who would be told to play Bugs might instead turn to the Fire Cons – because uh, they're you know a more even more straightforward red style aggro, uh, mm-hmm. or not? Like I, I'm curious to see how it'll go, but I don't want to I don't want to sidetrack too much. So that was that was yeah. game two with scary bugs so, heart rate up. Game two, I'm one and one. Mm-hmm. Game three was against a cars player, and he said that like I've not been playing a ton here. Like brother, maybe friend, somebody brought him, and like they've been playing for a bit, and he. Really enjoyed it and was playing. Played a very good uh, Cars deck um, and just piloted it very well, and the heart of the cards was with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty sure he he had a good balance between orange and blue in that deck, and it seemed like every time he attacked, he was flipping oranges, and every time he was defending, he was flipping blues. And it was almost as quick as the Bugs game was, but it was at least one where it felt like I had some sort of control. Yeah, you weren't staring though, at the orange sea. Yeah, and even though, like the match went, you know, two and zero for the for the cars player, he it seemed more like he was also looking at his cards, making a decision based on what he had. And then playing that decision versus the Bugs player very much felt like it was a straight um, flowchart of lead off, attack, this one, boop, this one, boop. Mm-hmm. Opponent ha- opponent has upgrade, do this, lead, that. Like I, I, I was very much sitting there watching him run the... the basic flow chart and if you can build a deck that lets you play it that way and it plays well okay but it's it makes it seem like it's already solved before we played cards that's the inherent weakness of the all orange deck in my opinion is uh like the all blue deck has a similar weakness i think it's actually worse for all orange uh in Mm -hmm. that you know how much damage you the person facing that deck will do on every attack for the most part uh, and I found, at least during Wave 1, that made bugs way less scary to me. Um, granted, I was wielding Nemesis Prime at them, but it was like, I know how much damage I need to do, thus I know whether or not I need to play Leap into Battle, whether or not I need to play uh, Grenade Launcher. Uh, will mm-hmm. Primary Laser be enough, thus letting me have these trump cards in my hand for future combats? And it, it 
it meant to me anyway, like, you know, obviously orange decks are very strong. That's why they're doing well. But right. to me, their biggest uh, their their biggest failing point, which I think balances them to some degree, is you know how hard you can hit them. And if you're able to build around that, especially with some out of combat damage, I'm trying to say that instead of direct damage now, but some out of combat damage, uh, I think that's that's a way to to play smart against them, and that's why I really enjoy hearing about like also that Aristocars deck. Uh, shouts out to uh, I can't remember his name, the guy who developed that, where it went undefeated on I think the first day of competitions. Uh, mm-hmm. That's also a very decision heavy deck, with a uh, you know not a huge leaning towards one pip color, just had a, a notable leaning. Uh, I think that's the future of how to build decks for this game. Uh, how do I put this? It's the future of how to build decks for this game where orange decks and blue decks obviously still have a place, but if you don't want to have to choose a color before you build, I'm really liking how much data we have that proves that there's validity in not leaning so hard if you don't want to. Right. Um, right. Also, this is a real comeback story because this means you're coming off of basically like three games of like, huh. So, well, I won the first one. Yeah. It just but, went long. Yeah. But still, it's like, it's like um, a, a kind of hinky first one and then two just like like heart rate up and then damn, you're flipping everything you need when you need it. Yeah. So then the next one, I think I, I failed to text you one of them. Uh, I played against uh, two Megatrons deck. I saw you mention it on Twitter, but that was a bad... I, yeah. Okay, so this is where... I'm not trying to jump in the story here, but I think this is where you, you said on Twitter, this is where you got one of your big, like, just fist pump moments. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, so that was my next one. Was the two Megatron deck? I rolled back to my Twitter feed since you said it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that one, um, the uh, first round, he'd managed to to work it down a little bit, um, and I got a good hit in, uh, just um, lightly. With it, it never like super procked on everything, but it it managed to be good hits. The second round against him, first round he attacks into Blitzwing. Blitzwing takes a hard hit, uh, and I had played first, so then I played uh, the um, lightning on erratic lightning, yeah, er- erratic lightning on thrust. And then Reckless Charge, Thrust, him, RC, like, white, two orange, two orange, orange, one-shotted one of his Megatrons. Yeah. Everybody untaps. His turn, he attacks into Blitzwing, does a decent body blow to Blitzwing, and then I I attack with Blitzwing first— uh, Blitzwing doesn't do a whole lot because he's got inverted and just kind of goes, uh, at that point. And then, so Erratic Lightning was still on thrust. I played Power Punch. I played Supercharge on RC and then went Bold 6 plus 6 and just murked the other Megatron. I was like, that's what this deck is supposed to do. Yeah, that had to feel good, especially like that, to me, that is where you then looked at that kickback, wherever that card was, and you just did the my eyes, yeah. your eyes motion. Yeah. You're like, yeah. I've activated now. Um, <laughs> but it, but it's definitely something that I think that that Megatron deck was just playing. I don't know if um, if he wasn't maybe optimized quite so well on his deck or, or what tricky. it was. Like, was it, was it the Wave 2 Megatron, or was it the Wave 1 Megatron's uh, I think it was a wave one and a wave two. Okay. 
I can't remember. They were both 14 health. I want to say uh, crap off the top. Of my my, head, I'm my sure. brain is my brain is all leaky for for stats on stuff I, at I, this point. My understanding names. is like having run Nemesis with Megatron living weapon before and having talked to people running like Megatron oriented stuff. When mm-hmm. he, when he when he when you get the Megatron cards to have the right upgrades on them, stuff starts happening. But it's very yeah. hard to optimize that. Yeah, he wasn't because like he. One of them, he's like, "Yeah, I had hunker down in my hand the whole time, but no armors ever ended up." Oh, that just in sucks. The scrap pile. That sucks. <laughs> that get me so bummed. Out. De- so it's definitely a thing that's like, here, let me go to Decepticon and leader with the official app. Oh, jeez. Oh, you want me? Let me. Okay. Didn't know you. Decepticon. You went to to Origins and just came back as an employee. Yeah. Hey, man. If they give me the options here. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so it was the uh, Megatron Living Weapon and Arrogant Ruler. Yeah, because that—I mean—that there is a synergy in there of like all the extra upgrade play type stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm guessing at least in one game he must have been able to do the thing of like I'm just going to stack a bunch of uh, grenade launchers or something onto Living Weapon and then just like pile drive somebody. Uh, he got um, armed hovercrafts Ooh. on him. Which kind of sucked because, well, uh, and I won't even say that it necessarily sucked because it was getting damage on thrust and RC, mm-hmm. but it's not like any of that was getting through, you know. Yeah. Since he didn't have he didn't have more stuff, he was he was spreading the damage, but not like they could take a couple of side shots. Those armed hovercrafts sound like when I'm in a just not drawing what I need and it's like, well this is the one thing I can do. In another situation mm-hmm. this would be scary. This is me paddling water cuz where the hell are my cards? Yeah. Uh so then my so then I was 2 and 2 and then I went up against someone that was playing Grimlock RC Thrust and it was a younger kid and I think that he was he knew what the trick of the deck was, but I don't think that he knew when not to do the trick of the deck. Yeah. Um, the specific moment was, and I, I, I like tried to, I, I, so what happened was, I think it was our second game. Blitzwing was at 12 damage, just needed one more to, to go out. And I had taken out his Grimlock and he had RC and thrust and attacked with RC into Blitzwing and had thrust follow along. Mm. And, and, I, and I looked at him like, is, and I, I think I said, is that what you want to do? And he said, yeah. And then he flips a bunch of cards and I flip a bunch of cards, but I know that it's Pierce because I'm playing the same thing. And it's like, okay, he only needed one damage and you dealt him like eight. Yeah. It's like, okay. And then I put it aside, and now I've got my RC and Thrust both ready to go against his RC and Thrust that are just sitting there waiting. And so I just go, okay, RC and Thrust into your RC. Everybody untaps, and then you attack. And then he attacked with his Thrust into my Thrust, and then it was RC Thrust. Good game. Yeah. And then I was like. You know, I know, I know that that trick works and it hits things hard, but you got to know when to change that up and when to pay attention to the math because all you had to do was turn RC sideways. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> yeah, okay. And I was like, 
I don't know if you're like, yeah, okay, you got it, or maybe something else was going on. I don't, I don't know, and it's the rough thing that, like, there were some young kids, preteens that were playing, and like, I don't know necessarily, like, any kid that age, I think, is going to have their own way of, of learning stuff and trying to be the guy across the table, necessarily guiding it. I don't know. I, I, like, I once oh, played oh, okay. against, when I was in Victoria doing demos at Capital City Comic Con, at a 10-year-old sit-down who was mm-hmm. very confident in his ability to play card games. And I was, yeah. I was thinking, oh, oh, yeah, this guy. Turns out, no, he actually really knew how to play card games. Uh, yeah. And in the course of, of one and a half demos was basically like doing, you know, thinking multi-turns ahead, setting up stuff and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was almost like, you know... It's like what you're describing, but in the other direction. <laughs> yeah. This guy, he's also like 10 years old, had a had a, a card player type fedora on. I just remember I was, the whole time in the first demo, I was like, oh, this guy, I'm going to wipe the floor with the what the hell's going on. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it was, that was the one thing that was a little bit uh, rough to like, f- like I said, figure out what that what that pacing was. Mm. Um, it's tricky. Like knowing like when to, yeah, like you said, when to open up your, basically your two, your two character trick uh, yeah. to get smacked in the face. Um, yeah. Cause, cause like I said, you know, I did that my first round because that was the thing that was better. And somebody's firing off big fireworks. If you heard that, uh, I just assumed that was like your bones or something. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh. Um. So, you know, it's, that's the the thing that more so um is like having to figure out what the right rhythm for things is and then my last game was up against a guy that was playing sentinels that had um that he'd he'd already qualified and he was in i guess to get more siege packs and mm-hmm. prize wall points um and uh very much saw that i don't I don't know if he was even running the Sentinel Enigma. Oh, yeah, there's a version of that deck that leaves it out for another card. Yeah. Uh, and I probably, like, I've, I've been running a version of the Sentinels, and I leave the Enigma in because like, I like having that in my back pocket. I, I can definitely right. say, I only, I've only run it once or twice, but, like, I never actually saw a moment winning or losing where I was like, now is the time to combine, because it's like, I think you, you would do that if you're down to one or two characters and combining would basically be a health boost or a, not even a health right. boost, a power boost. Yeah. There might st- be a, time. a stats boost. Yeah. There might be a time for that, but, uh, that deck runs terrifyingly. Yeah. <laughs> is what I'll say. And, uh, the, the first round, I'd think that I had, I think I, I started off with a inverted in hand, in my opening hand and managed to get a couple of good blows in before he could get um like everything lined up right the way that he needed but then the second one he just stomped on me and then the third one had a good back and forth where I was I was keeping pace until about the end when he had two of the like sentinel commands or whatever yep on and was just like every time he'd attack it's like you know Flip hot rod back and forth and plink RC for one. Flip hot rod back and forth, plink RC for one. Now Blitzwing is down after those two attacks come in, hit RC. Oh, those two that plinked already were enough to make these this five damage uh, be enough to take it out and rolled from there. 
Yeah, so. be, if if you can get those uh, the combat commands thing on, I think that deck just becomes really hard to to weather. Mm-hmm. Uh, having played it a bit, the one thing I noticed about that deck is it hits super hard, but then your two bold guys are also they're not fragile; they are just punchable. Uh, yeah. They still have ten health each, which is hard to deal with. But if you're able to just like pile drive into one of them and get one of them off the table asap. Yeah. So at least it's versus two. That seems like one of the tricks to do against yeah. Sentinels. And that's one that he did a very good job of, you know, lead with one, wait for, like, the last moment to attack with the other. Yeah. And then vice versa. And it's it just hard to hard to to beat when it's a good player with a good deck. Yeah, it's it's a it's another deck that is kind of skill intensive uh to make the best use out of. Like you can play it like a straightforward aggro deck and it still is pretty good. But yeah. like if you're keep like it's the thing I've been picking up lately is like keeping track of like a like uh for instance with your deck, it's like the obvious thing to do is lead with Blitzwing. Uh, mm-hmm. But then there's a version of damage mitigation where if you think RC or Thrust can survive getting punched once, probably Thrust, right. uh, you lead with one of them, they take a hit, then you lead with Blitzwing, so they got to pile into Blitzwing, and it's like Brave is like less of this guy's the shield and almost more of like, uh, there's a way to play it where it's like Brave is also, when they want to attack the Brave guy, you're like, I'm going to go with the Brave guy last. And then you mm-hmm. go with the brave guy last. Then they're like, "All right, he's got one damage left." And you're like, "Yeah, now we're all untapped. It's your go." Oh, you got to go with the brave guy. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's like playing with mechanic. Like that's not what the sentinels, obviously, but like playing with where your opponent has to attack is a, I think, a higher level trick, but a very interesting way that the game acts at you know aforementioned higher levels. Yeah. Uh, I actually that seems like a really difficult thing to do with the sentinels unless i'm did he like was there ever a period of like making you go into optimus uh i took the swings at optimus early on because optimus is like the least scary probably of the three to me yeah it was that was more so he led with optimus once and then it was, I think, then it was a matter of, like, Optimus is the closest to dying. So trying to get him off the board. Yeah. When, it was two, when there's two targets, and one of them is within, if I go white and a couple of double oranges, I'd be able to get him. Because I feel like it's not to say that Optimus is bad, because he still hits you know, like a metaphorical truck. He doesn't have the tag it's on like him. It's like a truck, yeah. He doesn't have a truck tag, so it's like a metaphorical truck. Uh, the the other two are, I think, way more dangerous. Uh, and also, Optimus is deceptive, because I think it's really easy to not notice that he has 50% more health than the other two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you get really... I think if you get tunnel vision on Optimus, you're basically, like, you're just chipping away at a giant tree trunk. Uh, yeah. while the other two guys, like the other two guys with 10 health, if you're able to like set up a big RC thrust on one of them, yeah. uh, I feel like that's probably the way to go. And I'm granted, I'll, I'll say this also, I'm hypothesizing in hindsight for a game I wasn't present for. Yeah. So I'm not like, the, and the rough <laughs> thing is, is also a couple of those games went quick enough where I didn't have like the right pieces in hand because like for example, one of the Cars games, when he was hitting it just right, like, I had, <laughs> it was, um, I had 
my opening hand, I had two equipments, one action, or I had tre I had two equipments, treasure hunt, and ramming speed, I think. And so, like, when it was my turn, I play an equipment and play the treasure hunt, and I get four equipments. Okay, shoot, should have played the treasure oh, hunt first. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's an easy mistake to make. And I have a few more, few more options. That's that's just what will come with with play experience, like, right? But then, so then, so that was like, uh, should have done that the other way. All right. The next card that I drew after every after the attack and after the defense was another treasure hunt. Okay, this time I do it right. Treasure hunt, another perfect treasure hunt. So now I have like nine equipments in my hand, and or nine upgrades in my hand, and it's like, okay, at this point. Like, I can bashing shield to knock his bashing shield off. Okay. Um, you know, that's, do our round. That's a, and then I draw another upgrade, and it's like, I, I, I need ways to turn these, these upgrades into actions, but at least that deck doesn't have a way to, to do that with any regularity. That's the thing I'd, I'd caution about. The, another thing I've kind of been picking up recently is... Bashing shield for bashing shield is is generally, in the long run, I think it's actually a negative trade-off. Right. Because you're basically giving up a bashing shield to put bashing shield back into their rotation to use again. Yeah. Uh, if you can leave someone actually trapped with a bashing shield, uh, I, I find right. that, can be, that can be really rough. <laughs> but it was definitely a matter of, like, I didn't have anything, like, I had no other plays. They had no other equipments out. I, I, and it I was, would, I, would... I had... I had three bashing shields inverted with Blitzwing already having inverted on them. Like, it was a bunch of non-plays, basically. Yeah, I, I, I would have, to be honest, like, just not played it. Like, it would suck. But I would go, like, I'm going to hang on to these bashing shields. There's no... Un unless it was, like, well, unless I, the plus I had one all, would I help. Had, I had three of them in hand, though. E like, even with three in hand, I, I guess that makes more sense. But in that case, I would almost be thinking more, like, who needs the plus one armor? Uh... And is it going to make much? Of, like, I guess just throw it on Blitzwing. R RC can RC can always use more armor. Blitzwing can always use more armor. Yeah, like throw one on Blitzwing. But e I think even with two in hand, I would almost go like, unless I know that they don't have another armor. Yeah, I'd be like, I'm I'm just going to hold on to these because I don't want you to have Bashing Shield back. <laughs> uh, I was also going to say, um, you haven't like, as far as I know, you haven't had a chance to play as or against the Sentinels before this thing, have you? No, that's so that's been a huge thing I've been trying to correct with my own knowledge base recently is even just playing the deck yourself. Uh, it it it's demystify is a bit of a heavy word for it, but like it's it's playing two or three games as the Sentinels that lets me know like, hey, I don't really need to worry about Optimus as hard as I need to worry about those other two guys. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's another big thing that that probably, you know, helped out a lot of those guys who who hit like top eight for sure. But, you know, just playing a ton of games. But I think keeping in mind, like, that you were going in, um, not, in, you weren't going in blind to what the decks were, but I think on a practical level, you were going in blind as to, like, having hands-on oh, yeah. against a bunch of them. Very much so. Yeah, I, I think that that means your results were super respectable, especially for a deck that is a hard-hitting but high-risk deck. Yeah, and that's the thing. So in talking with, like, the Vector Sigma guys and a few of the other, like, solos that were kind of there that weren't parts of teams or anything everybody I, I got a lot of the same like reaction as i'd gotten 
at TFCon LA where people are like, I really want to play against that deck because it's an oddball thing and yeah. like see how see how it's working and see what's going on and like how okay, I see how this deck works. Uh how like how does my deck react to it? And a few of them were like, Man, I'm glad I didn't go up against you because since it's not one of you know, it's not Optimus Prime Battlefield Legend or Bugs or Cars they didn't necessarily have like the tech to get around it. Yeah. Quite. And I didn't go up I mean, I went up against Bugs and Bugs just ate with kickback with gross orange flips. So that just got rid of that armor shield and away we went. Like I suspect if you'd gone in if you if you had the ability to get more regular games in, uh I sus- mm-hmm. I suspect A that you actually probably would have beaten that Bugs guy. Uh, or at least uh, I don't. I, he had he had the heart of the cards on flips. Oh yeah, like, yeah. But I, I think at least I think at the least it would have been a loss where you were not in a position of like I think I should just scoop. Uh, yeah, because because I, I think it would have been through your sideboard probably. Like having mm-hmm. in your area played against bugs hypothetically, you probably would have gone in with one or two cards in your sideboard of like when I got to deal with those things. Uh, mm-hmm. And and so I think like between that and your deck being you know one of the quote unquote oddball decks. Uh, I think I think A you did really well all things considered and B you probably would have hit top 8 with more just like ex- like gameplay experience under your belt just to have like a lot of that knowledge there before game 1 mm-hmm. uh cuz it it sounds like in some like not for all of them it sounds like in some games like game 1 was in part like wait okay so how does his deck work when I'm actually looking at it right um I'm saying all this partly like just to to really it's like you know from my own experience too expound on the value of actually just playing the game a bunch as opposed to theorizing on it without cards in front of you. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot about this game that I think presents itself in actual gameplay, and it's really important to just get games in. Because yeah. even, if even like, run the decks that you don't like, that, that you've heard about, uh, if you think a lot of people run them, so at least if you run that deck once, you have an idea of how it works from that perspective... Uh, mm-hmm. th- that A will demystify that deck for you to some degree in a positive way, and then yeah. B, it might reveal weaknesses in that deck through you playing it and going like, you know, if you're losing with it, like, how am I losing? And then how can I how can I make that happen to someone who's playing it? <laughs> right, uh, if possible. And that's the thing that you know, I've I definitely didn't have have that time and the the like lock on it to to be. So I feel good about where I ended up Me ultimately. Too. I I wish I could have just the timing on the last game since we did six rounds. Like I could have done the afternoon since they pushed it back from four to five. But with as long as my last game went, they said, oh, you can get in the next one. You just have to take a round one loss. And my brain's running out the side of my head at that point because i hadn't had lunch mm-hmm. and just that is a lot of mental energy that goes into playing a ccg for six hours oh yeah i was not expecting yeah the, um, like when you when like in in those little like tournament situations i've been in even like a sealed tournament uh 
I w- I've been astonished how fatigued I get from like, oh yeah, you know, being the pilot of a deck basically. Like it, it really yeah. surprised me. Yeah, that was that that level of fatigue. And like I said, my my wristwatch telling me, uh, "Hey, are you okay? You uh, you dying there? <laughs> we we need to call nine one one. Seems you somehow activated brain death all by yourself." And a part of me thinking, why, yes, watch, I would like emergency services. No, I don't have that turned on on my watch, but apparently it is an option that you can. Hey. Um, but, yeah, no, I had I had a good time at uh, at Origins. Um, you cracked a siege pack. I cracked a siege pack. I got uh, Sergeant Scrapnel, Private Taraxodon, um, which Taraxodon is the one I'm, I'm interested in for sure, for sure, trying to figure out something to do with that. Uh, laser cutlass, covert armor, device virus, combat dagger, medic, and battlefield report. Yeah. So you got our, our hot, fresh preview. Uh, none of our preview cards are in there, yep. though, are they? No. Oh, man. Throw it out. But, Throw the whole uh, thing out. <laughs> yeah, there was, there were, there were, uh, eight people get, that got full boxes out of the top eight at the end. Yeah. So. Friggin' cool prize. Yeah. Uh, I saw somebody offering up their pack for thirty dollars on eBay, that seems real hopeful. Yeah, given that you know mm. what, that actually that's not hopeful. I will say that's pretty dumb because you know for a fact that there are going to be eight boxes going at. That's what eight times thirty six or twenty four. I always forget. Uh, thirty eight times thirty says two hundred and forty packs getting into the system in the same day. Right. Yeah. Well, along with everybody that played, got a pack. So if I'd played yeah. again in the afternoon. I'd have gotten another pack. Plus, there are people that there are people that played in all four rounds. Yeah, like there's there's plenty of them out there at this point. Yeah, I would call thirty dollars for the pack right now. Hopeful in another scenario, but the the more I think about it, the fact that over multiple days people could get one or two packs, and in a matter of two weeks, yeah, you can just get them. I mean, anywhere. I mean, I'm sure they're not a dumb person. It's just I think that if you didn't take into account that eight boxes were going into circulation that same weekend. Maybe someone will pay you 30 bucks mm-hmm. for it, and that someone would be pretty dumb. Uh, I'll be surprised if that sells. And if it does, then I apologize to the person who bought it is listening to this, but, like, you're dumb. Don't spend 30 bucks on a pack of cards that's out in two weeks. Come on. <laughs> uh, that's cool, though. Uh, I, I'm, I'm very glad uh, that you had a good time. I, I, I agree. I think you did pretty darn well. Uh Doubly mm-hmm. so in context of just, you know, your level of practical experience and the ability to play the game uh, face-to-face with people. Um, and uh, the event... I only peed myself, like, once. So yeah, you only peed yourself good. once. So, like, hey, grats for that, too. Uh, so also, by the way, congratulations. I, sh- I got through because I-, I gave Brian a shout-out from Wreck and Rule. I also want to give a shout-out to the Vector Sigma guys for doing, basically, debriefs every day out of their hotel room. Or wherever it was they were staying, uh, okay. so they were they were basically like just giving a breakdown of what they faced and what they saw on the field every day. Uh, they looked very tired in half those recordings, so I appreciate that they were doing that. Um, also, of course, to, to uh, Ken Nagel and John Shork, uh, John Shork doubly this like being on that social media while there, like you know, there were, we were seeing a lot of stuff go up in the moment uh, as as games were going on. Uh, huge shouts out to Stefan, uh, the guy who won the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did, a, as far as I understand it, a real darn good job. Uh, he did. I, I watched him play some in the Saturday afternoon, and uh, he actually sat 
like the two of us were sitting there talking for a bit and he was one that had a lot of interest in like my results with my deck and was like trying to figure out like oh so you do this and this yeah okay hmm all right yeah yeah okay so e- even if he was just bsing me the whole time he was this cool dude. I'm I'm sure like the, the, the folks who take the game seriously enough to go in confidently to get into the top, you know, top eight, if not top four, if not winner, want to know more about decks they've never seen. Uh mm-hmm. especially, you know, in Stefan uh, Stefan Pinkney, I believe is his full name. Mm-hmm. Uh if you're going to the to the Energon Invitational, um you have no idea what you're gonna be looking at. Uh especially right. since that will be in the realm of wave four, as we discussed in the previous podcast on here. Uh that that means that you want to be able to to like with wave two right now, there are so many decks that like I just want to know how they work. Not even with the idea I'm going to play against them or use them, but with the idea that I'm going to then go into wave three knowing how some more of this stuff works. Basically, mm-hmm. uh, and and you know I'll have an idea of what all the characters I already have from wave one and two can do as I get wave three. Um, that's something I found with Wave 2 is, like, I was so zoned in on about two or three decks in Wave 1. I went into Wave 2 and was I was just staring at the character spreads for a couple weeks because I was like, I don't even know how some of my Wave 1 guys work. Uh, or, you know, mm-hmm. I've, I've not heard any practical reports on them. I don't have the experience myself. Uh, Two-Pack Sealed's also been invaluable for that, like, just kind of forcing me to play some characters. Uh, okay. I say all this as someone who also really enjoys this game and thinks it's a good game. Like, that's, you know, and, and I'll obviously say you don't need to do all this to enjoy the game uh yeah but you know if you want to really dig in if that's fun for you like that's been really fun for me as a way to dig in without getting like full-on mathematical about it um right but uh yeah shouts out so shouts out to brian shouts out to stefan shouts out to vector sigma shouts out to uh john and uh ken shouts out to you aaron for going and then talking to me afterwards uh i have one more shouts out to cameron edishami who was also out there who's a listener of these podcasts that guy uh who was putting up info on how things went before anyone else uh particularly on the first two days uh getting a yeah we we chatted quite a bit yeah he was sharing he was the one who shared the top decks in the very first uh um qualifier uh it was just really helpful and i i don't know if i gave proper credit uh, I was linking to the Reddit threads when I could, but like huge shouts out to Cameron uh, for, for mm-hmm. getting that info out there ASAP. There are a lot of people maybe a little too aggressively hungry for info on straight up deck lists like right now. Uh, yeah. And Cameron was getting info out there that gave all of us something to chew on right away. He's I believe he's the one who it was between him and Vector Sigma uh, who immediately got the info out there that Aristocars went undefeated or at least went 4-0 that, in that first uh, tournament. Um, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, I want to give him particular shouts out. He's been doing a lot of good work, uh, just being a good poster on all the various communities, TFWs included. Um, so I think that does it for my shouts out. Uh, Aaron. Hey. How you feeling? Tired. Yeah, I had a feeling. Uh, anything else about that experience you want to talk about? Like Origins on the whole? Uh, did you do anything else? So... Uh, Origins, not a ton. I, so they had a decent, um, like dealer room area, uh, that I did a few laps of, um, oh, trying to think. So the, 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 the 12 prize wall points I got, um, I got, uh, dice for Alfie. They had these like metallic gold dice and she's a crazy fan for dice. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and I got uh, a couple of uh, the um, Modern Horizons packs. That way I can just say I've not bought any magic yeah. directly. Hey, and, you, you pulled the Sliver Queen or whatever, no, the uh, first Sliver? No, I got... Um, I got the um, it's the bear queen, not the sliver queen. Yogmoth. Oh, you got Yogmoth. Yeah. People want him for commander. And then I also got one of the like the pain lands. The oh, those tap it deals a damage or yeah the uh, oh they have destroy a name. it to Can- draw a card or something. Canopy, canopy lands. lands. That's what it is. Whatever. Yeah. Because it was originally uh, so just was like, horizon hey, canopy. Hey, both of these seem like they're decent, and I went and I looked them up. I'm like, oh, I could sell you know each of them for like eight or ten dollars or something. Yeah. No, if, the canopy lands, to. and then I, and then like as I had it, there were enough of the places like we buy cards. I was like, I don't know how this works, but I don't want to be the guy that walks up with like I bought a pack. Yeah. Well, the, the can Will you buy the pack. The canopy lands are a form of like basically they're a dual land, therefore they're gonna yeah, they're, they're gonna they're, be they're valuable more mana for... fixing. They're always gonna be valuable. Yeah. Yes, and, uh, Yogmoth, as I understand it, like just commander players seem real. They seem real hyped about a yeah. lot of the legends. Yeah, because he's got in that. he's got two or three different tricks that you could definitely build commander stuff around. Yeah, yeah. I, I was hoping you were going to say you pulled Urza in the second pack, and I'm like, all right, you, yeah, <laughs> you no, I'd be like, all right, creatures. I'm done. Uh, um, and then I got a couple of just wave one packs, just because, and I pulled an RC that actually then, um, sold to Setashami. Oh, nice. Because he, we were sitting there talking. Uh, this this afternoon or this morning today, and he was like, "Yeah, I still need RC for Wave One," and so I like start digging in my bag, and he keeps talking, and then I like go and I dig out the RC. He's like, "Oh wait, what, you, oh really? But what do you want to trade for it?" I'm like, "I got one of everything, man. Like, what's it go for cash?" And he's like, "Oh, you just do a cash deal?" I'm like, "Yeah, I. This is like my fourth or fifth RC at this point. I here, and uh, so I." I got him the RC, and he was very happy because now he can try a bunch of RC craziness. So nice to go on and and do great or horrible things with it. Uh, also, quick additional shout out because I keep forgetting to mention them, and I feel really bad about it. Pastimes, who yes. did the running of all the events, and who, in you know, in reported words, kind of had to learn a lot about Transformers very quickly. Uh, yeah, there were there were a few times, and I was a part of one or two of them, uh, when there was a judge call where I'm pretty sure that those judges were running down the like Magic the Gathering judge call flowchart. Mm-hmm. When I think that, I mean, my understanding is they learned how to play Magic much earlier in the week, or Transformers, so or Transformers yeah. much earlier in the week. And so, like, maybe they've not had the chance to play it, mm-hmm. to to know some things where they were asking for, like, what's the current board state and, and explain it. And then they'd ask a couple of questions that, like, you can answer, but it's not, like... Like, they're, they're based on magic, rele- which has relevant an interruptible action right. stack. Right. Uh, whereas Transformers where, is right. is certainly not 100% linear. There are times when simultaneous things happen, but for the most part, mm-hmm. Transformers is a it's, a... it's a very straightforward list of events that take place. Right. Um, so, yeah, you, like, you can answer those questions, but it's almost... It's a little... It's almost a little much. Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, there's only really one answer to this question. <laughs> so, that and about the only other thing that was a little bit hitchy that I think they're still trying to work through is what 
the process should be once time is called. Because mm. there was concern that, like, the active player finishes their round and then the other player gets around. And so there was one case where it was like the active player would just start an attack. So then they're basically done. Mm-hmm. And then the other player gets to do whatever, knowing it's the very end of everything. That's that, that's so, common with Wizards um, time stuff. That, that, that's happened in Magic a whole lot, I think. Right. But like a couple of people had mentioned, like, well, what if instead it just goes to the end of everybody being tapped? Mm, so yeah. that like the so that like the the uh, has happened and then that's it. Yeah, because our versus... game has an actual visible cycle, right? Uh, that happens as opposed to magic where it's turn to turn. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that actually would be specific to Transformers. That would probably make sense at least to try it out. Right. Um, so, but it's it's all definitely something where hey, it's the first, the very first organized play event, and. And that might just be it. So yeah, we we discussed this a little bit in that last podcast about how like mm-hmm. this is year one, and obviously there's going to be data taken from this that'll be applied, you know, in hindsight, as you know, as whatever ran well and what ran difficult. Uh, mm-hmm. I just want one more shout out because I was just looking at the, at the Transformers CCG Twitter. They retweeted uh, underscore nanomachines underscore uh, was in the top four and had been beaten out by Stefan, uh, and mm-hmm. then tweeted about it with a photo with him afterwards. So that's one more of the top four. Um, and I think the other guy in the top four was one of the dudes from Vector Sigma, but I don't remember which one. But there, we, we shouted out the top four. <laughs> At least in a vague sense. Uh, Aaron, are you feeling... Obviously, you don't know precisely what the Gen Con spread will be, because Siege will be out by then, but are you feeling more confident going into uh, potentially playing I, a Gen Con? I would definitely feel more confident going into Gen Con. Mm-hmm. Um I probably wouldn't go with man, I think I it was good as a disruptor that it wasn't just playing a meta deck. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, playing a deck that a lot of other people have played allows you to have a whole lot more like other people have worked out the issues. And in, in your scenario where you don't have a regular play group that might end up being a bigger boon to you. Right. Like, so what we need to do, what we need to do is we need to get a WTF at TFW team. Yes. Where we just steal a bunch of ringers from other groups and let them work everything out and then just feed those deck lists to us. Yeah. And then we just roll in like, yeah, whatever. We had people working this all month. I mean, I want to steal Brian from Wreck and Roll. If you're done, I mean, we'll figure out what the bribe is. And we'll we'll, we'll figure something out. Yeah. Uh off air. To be honest, I think because there's, there starts with a W as well, and I think they're cool. I, I just want to like, I want the heel turn to be the Wreck and Roll guys like open their jackets, and it's just our logo. Yeah, like we'll just be like the scumbag NWO Bullet Club. Sure, of- surely we can get Tony to to figure out the whatever t-shirt print thing again and get a couple of TFW. We're like, we don't actually, we're not very good at playing, but yeah. we got the money. Yeah. So, like, we'll be destined to eventually lose, but we'll be remembered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm down for being the TCG heel group. That works. Um, well, uh, thank you, Aaron, for taking some time out of your Sunday after a whole lot of travel and heart rate and etc. 
uh, yeah. to give me some backup. We're, we're not posting this one right away. Uh, I'm probably going to space this out a little bit since, you know, it's it's personal reports. It's not like this is like news news. Um, but uh, we have done another TCG podcast. So Pat's on the back all around. Good job, Aaron. Good job, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Uh, we're going to figure out some more TCG stuff to talk about because um, the game is picking up. Uh, I didn't see the mm-hmm. number, but like there were what well, at least there were. I think someone said there were 50 plus registered players over this weekend. Uh, 120 plus unique players holy damn that's pretty darn cool i did not think we were going to triple digit i I think i think that's the number that i heard i didn't think we were going to triple digit that's freaking cool Mm -hmm. uh i mean if it's not obvious i'm kind of a cheerleader for this game because i like it so bear that in mind when i'm saying all this but i think that's freaking cool uh I'm looking forward to getting in some some. Uh, we're, we got release events actually coming up here in Toronto for Siege. It looks like the Siege weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. There will be a sealed at a different store each one of those days. Nice. And I think I'm just going to go to all of them because that means in the course of four sealed events, I'll basically have bought almost a box, uh, <laughs> but with promos and prizing and gameplay. So hey, let's do uh-huh. it. Uh, and uh, I had something else I was going to say. Right. Uh, this was a bit of a tangent, but when you're talking about Heart of the Cards, I had a quick story. I ran my my Volcanicus deck recently, mm-hmm. uh, which is, has a lot of card draw, and I I drew a lot of my card draw because the idea is I really want to have an I still function in my hand ASAP because uh, I'm actually running it kind of like the Sentinels, where it's more about I'm running three Dinobots who are beating you up, and I just keep healing them, uh, which which can be I, I have seen the hope drain out of people's eyes. Uh, when I heal uh-huh. three Dinobots that were all one or two health away from dying. Um, so, I had a lot of card draw. I drew a lot of cards. I very specifically drew and flipped just perfectly to, in two recycles, never have an I still function in my hand. It was all just perfect. It was like, I drew five cards. Oh, I still function with the sixth card. I drew two <laughs> cards. I still function with the third card. I draw four cards. Oh, it was the seventh one. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I remember it was like when I when I hit my second recycle and after two turns of not drawing it, I was like, I actually, I think I got a scoop because there's no way I'm winning this. My guys are dead and I'm not healing them. I was like, here, I don't have I still function and all three of them are in my scrap pile. So uh, unless you do no damage to me for the next like four or five turns, you got it. Uh, it was only a slightly salty scoop, but I was like, no, this, this was this was clearly bad luck as well. Uh, which is a part of shuffled card games, but yeah, there's my little how I lost story. Uh, also, I tried a new deck out. I, I built a King Starscream deck. Uh, the King Starscream combo is friggin' cool when it happens. Um, yeah. And I built it with the idea of a sideboard, which I recently tested out. The sideboard is to surprise transform the deck into an Optimus Battlefield Legend deck uh, by switching him with Starscream. And switching up, okay. switching a bunch of cards for just like plus attack actions. Uh, it's not perfect. I realized that switching in some bold cards doesn't really work when when three quarters of the deck is still that Starscream deck. But outside of that, it kind of works. I'm going to keep workshopping it with Siege. I'm going to workshop it some more. I would really love to figure out a way to to play Optimus Battlefield Legend, but without it being one of those decks. Like, it's more like mm-hmm. you're playing against a King Starscream, uh, and if I fight someone, for instance, who has a whole bunch of system reboots, which is how you just deactivate Starscream uh, in some scenarios, right. I'll be like, all right, 
get a sideboard. <laughs> just all right. Now you're playing against Optimus Battlefield Legend. Go ahead and uh, just like flush my hand as much as you want. Let's let's do this. Uh, it it worked kind of okay. I'm having a lot of fun playing with sideboard uh, jank like that. Like just like tr- changing the entire deck. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying not to get too attached to anything because like obviously Siege is about to come out, so it's you know all the decks are going to be reset once that happens. Right. But uh, I'm playing with that, and I'm kind of diddling around with the idea of Nemesis Flame War and another specialist to try some specialist shenanigans, uh, during which Nemesis is doing his little power-up. Uh, I'm getting ideas, because I, I really want to give a real hard go uh, at one of the, you know, when we have the store championships come up that are qualifiers for the Energon uh, Invitational. I really want to go to that tournament. Uh I'm not going to be, like, sad if I don't, but I really want to give it a good try. So I'm, I want to... Yeah. I'm completely open to the idea that I end up just, like, running one of the known deck types. But mm-hmm. if I can sort out something that is that is weird, uh, I would love to pull that off because this is a game where that still seems to be quite viable. And I think it would be a leg up uh, going in if I feel confident about building something off-kilter. Uh, right. As opposed to, like, trying to pilot really well something that's a known variable. So anyway... That's me, like, talking about myself a little bit, but I'm just selfish because I, I, I want to do that. I talked to Aaron a whole bunch. I interviewed myself, and now we've hit the end of the podcast. Uh, Aaron, thank you again for joining me. And, You're welcome. And uh, I guess I'll see you next month. That's when TFCon. Yeah, in about, no, literally a month. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Holy crap. Holy crap. Like, I hope that happens. There's... be really weird if TFCon doesn't happen because a whole bunch of people are coming for it, so... Yeah. It's <laughs> kind of scared with the car shenanigans that, oh, it said it has to be a car, but... Yeah. No, I just needed an oil change. She got really temperamental. And uh, hopefully we'll have uh, some, you know, TCG or otherwise, we'll have some good stuff to talk about from TFCon, but hey, you know what? People are probably going to play TCG at TFCon. I hope so. And I intend to be one of those people. I intend to, with Siege being new, and we're going to have it in Canada, there's gonna, it's going to be even playing field. I want to get some friggin' game time in with all the visiting folks coming in for TFCon. Uh, mm-hmm. So if anyone out there listening is coming to TFCon, bring your friggin' deck with you, because I'm going to play you. Uh, Aaron will too. Um, yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, Aaron needs to, because that's, you know, I got to be his, uh, his, I was saying this on Twitter, I couldn't do it at, at, at Origins, I probably can't do it at Gen Con, but, like, Aaron's, like, Rocky Balboa, you know, I got to, and I got to be his Mickey, I got to be the yeah. snarling little dude in my version. Like, cut me! Yeah. Cut me! It's like, Why do you need cut? I don't know! Just put on a, put on a toque and an eye patch and just go, like, alright, you, you, you mangy bum! Play all these different deck archetypes! You got to be your opponent! To know how to defeat your opponent, you scum! Mm-hmm. You're just like, why are you, why are you abusing me like this? <laughs> Chris, the match was over like ten minutes ago. I We're... can't believe you're letting him walk away, break his leg. <laughs> if he beats you in cards, make him remember it with his body. Uh, so we're gonna have some fun at TFCon. Don't break anyone's leg; you'll get thrown out of the convention. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's actually in my country, it is illegal. So uh, don't do that. But uh, yeah, we'll talk to you all later. Thanks for tuning in, uh, be it on the regular podcast feed or over on YouTube, because that's where I'm putting TCG ones as well. Uh, if you're on YouTube and you like what you hear and you want to hear us talk about other stuff, we also have a, po- a full-on podcast called WTF at TFW. It's over on TFW 2005. Uh, take part if you like, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Stay safe. Oh, it's all. Oh. 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 Oh.
f*** it means, but you got some badass perpetrators that are here to stay.